we declare that you are greater than anything that we face. We declare that you are greater, greater, oh, than any temptation, greater than any trial, greater than any diagnosis. God, you are greater. And Lord, we just declare that we will use our breath, our lives, our bodies, God, to declare your praise. Because God, we are not going to allow the rocks to cry out in our place. But Lord, we will be using the breath that you have breathed upon us to be able to declare praise to your name, God. Lord, we love you. We praise you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. If you would, remain standing with me and turn in your Bibles to the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 37. While you're turning there, let me just uh, go ahead and dismiss our children to Kids Church. Uh, kindergarten through sixth grade as they head back to Kids Church. Also, let me encourage you to continue this atmosphere and act of worship through the act of giving. The easiest way to do that is through Secure Give, to give electronically right there on your phone. But uh, for those that are in the room in person, we have giving boxes also for your tithe and for your offering to be able to worship the Lord in giving. In Ezekiel chapter 37, I'm going to begin reading in verse 1. And it says, The hand of the Lord came upon me, brought me out in the spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. And then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And so Ezekiel answered, O Lord, God, only you know. And again, God said to Ezekiel, prophesy to these bones, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. I will put sinews on you, and bring flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. And then you shall know that I am the Lord. And so I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together, bone to bone. And indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. And also God said to Ezekiel, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. And so I prophesied as God commanded me, and he and breath came upon them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. God, I thank you. Lord, I worship and praise you. Oh, the Lord, that as we come to this moment, that God, that Lord, I pray that we will allow the Spirit of God to move upon us, and that God, that we will have an, an Ezekiel kind of moment. And that, God, that we will be able to see what you see. And that, God, by faith, we will begin to uh, declare and to prophesy. And, God, I pray that in these next few moments, that, God, that you speak to us, that you touch us, 
you encounter us this morning through your word. We love you, Lord, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. How many of you like to put puzzles together? You like to put puzzles together? What is your favorite strategy in putting puzzle pieces or putting puzzles together? There's a there's a little different strategies that are out there. One of um, the favorite strategies that uh, I like to use is I like to get out all the edge pieces and put the border. Do the edge first. Those are the easiest pieces usually to recognize, and I'll pull them out and and make a border, and then. Um, and then I'll like to look for patterns or specific colors um, in, in the puzzle picture that I'm trying to form. And I may, for example, one time I was doing this uh, country field scene and uh, one of the most noticeable things was this red barn that was in the puzzle. And so I was able to pull out and put together the red barn and, and it kind of uh, filled a portion of the middle of the puzzle and went out there, went go from there. This past week, I don't know if, if you received a puzzle piece like this in the mail. Uh, and uh, hopefully you did. And if you did, you brought it with you this morning uh, and uh, to see if you had the winning puzzle piece. But I don't know if you took a close look at the puzzle that's out there in the foyer. But uh, in the puzzle, it is pictures of you. It's pictures of people and families in the Livonia Church of God and and so, uh, and, and so when we, uh, Zach, Pastor Zach and I were getting together, we were putting the puzzle together to put out in the foyer uh, to minus the winning pieces. And so as we put it together, we did the border, we did the, the frame around it. And I kind of followed my normal policy of trying to put together the words. I thought, well, the white lettering, I'll be able to kind of do that. And so I started trying to do that. Well, it took me after probably, I don't know, 30 minutes of futility realizing that was impossible. This isn't going to happen. I can't get anything together. And so I began to, instead of trying to go with the white, Pastor Zach and I began to start from the edges and work our way in. And the only way that we could do that was trying to look at pieces and identify, okay, whose eyeball is that? Whose forehead is that? Whose ear is that? Whose hair is that? And so Pastor Zach and I spent an afternoon studying your faces to be able to put that puzzle together. In fact, I think the puzzle piece I have right here, if I recognize it, I think that's Mark Price. I believe that is who that is. Um, it's part of his face anyway. Uh, and so when we think about this and we try to have these different strategies of putting puzzles together, sometimes it becomes a great analogy for life. It becomes a great analogy for where we are and how we approach things. And, you know, when we begin to kind of think about uh, and look at our life, we kind of begin to feel like maybe we are the uh, box that we've just opened and there are, you know, a thousand pieces in the box and we don't have the first ones connected. And other times, maybe we feel like we're the puzzle out in the foyer and we've got most of the picture completed, but we're still missing a couple of pieces. And and what I want to challenge us with this morning is that we need to understand and trust that God is the greatest puzzle builder uh, of, uh, that's ever been known. That he is that one that is able to take all the pieces and 
put them together in orchestrating our lives and being able to serve Him. You know, sometimes when we do, we start on the outside and we try to work our way in and making a puzzle. Sometimes in our humanity and sometimes in our thinking that we get so focused maybe on the edges and the outside and what other people are seeing. But I'm thankful that God, he looks at what is on the inside. And as God puts uh, us together, he puts our spiritual life together, as he puts plans together, he is connecting one piece to, the, to another. And pieces in our life that we thought, what in the world is this for? And where did this come into play? We only maybe years later uh, do we realize how God took that one piece and, and brought it to bring to pass his will, his, his desire for our life later on. In this text this morning, in Ezekiel 37, the question that God asks Ezekiel is, can these bones live? Ezekiel's answer is pretty honest. Lord, only you know. I don't know if these bones can live. Only you know. And I feel like that many times, certainly in this season, in 2020, and with the ups and the downs, and everything that we face, everything that we're going through, maybe we feel as if we are Ezekiel and we're looking out at a valley of dry bones, and we recognize that what once was, but is not at the moment. And God is asking us, can these bones live? And maybe we're like Ezekiel. And we're just honest enough with ourselves and honest enough with God. And, and maybe we just sit here this morning and we say, Lord, I, I have no idea. Only you know whether these dreams, these things that we miss, these things that we have held on to. We, only God, you know whether or not these things can live again. And so we come and we have to be able to ask ourselves that through this text, I want us to be reminded that the first place where God brings us to be able to answer the question about bones coming to live again in our life and, and there being a resurrection moment and us being able to sing praise and, and us being able to embody and live out the songs that we just sang it begins by us being ready and willing to surrender everything to God and being able to say, God, oh, I want you to have every aspect of my life. You see, the first thing that understand, that we have to understand is that God needs every single one of the pieces of our life to be able to bring about a resurrection moment. When uh, we would travel, the boys were younger, they were toddler age, and we would... Uh, have a puzzle going, and they always wanted to help. They wanted to participate, even as toddlers. And, and so we hold them on our lap, and we kind of guide them. They put a piece here or a piece there, and, and they get so excited. But if we weren't careful before we realized it, um, as uh, two or three-year-olds, they would grab a puzzle piece or two or three or four or five in their hands, and then they would run into the other room. Never to see those, for us, never to see those puzzle pieces ever again. Have you ever gotten to the end of a puzzle and tried to finish it, but you realize you don't have any more pieces, but there's still holes in the puzzle? You're missing the pieces. 
And God is looking at us and he's telling us that he needs all the pieces. And so we've got to come to this point of saying, God, I'm trusting you with every single piece in our life. Every single thing uh, that I have within me, I'm going to surrender and I'm going to give it to you. And I'm going to give you control. Oh, Ezekiel looked at this valley and all he saw was dry bones. But when God looked at that valley, he saw an army waiting to be resurrected. Oh, but in order to do that, God needed all the pieces. He needed all that was there. And we cannot hold anything back when it comes to us encountering the breakthrough with God. Too many times I think that we fall into this habit or trap of withholding things like uh, our, our marriage or our children or our job or our thought life or our free time. And we withhold certain things and we say, God, you can have everything in my life except this. We begin to realize how important each individual aspect is when something becomes out of, out of joint, out of socket. I mean, just think about it when we... And how important every single bone is in our life. Can you imagine if Ezekiel in this moment, if, if God said, can these bones live? And Ezekiel said, okay, hold on a second. Let me just, let me go see and find out. And he goes and he collects as many bones as he can. And he runs over to the corner and he starts trying to put them together and say, okay, God, you work with your pile and I'll work with mine. Because, of course, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have, nothing would have happened. Ezekiel couldn't have done anything and he would have failed. And, or even if he withheld a certain bone and, and, and God's trying to uh, put uh, these, uh, this army together and, and causing these bones to come back together. Could you imagine if uh, trying to build an army with, this, uh, with these dry bones in the valley, if, if there's a vertebra missing or there's a foot missing or there's a pelvic bone missing, if there's, if there's bones missing, all of a sudden the army is not able to stand. But when we give everything to God and we surrender everything within us, when we give him Oh, oh, our innermost dreams and desires, when we give him our family, when we give him our marriage, when we give him everything about us, we give him our finances, and we give him and surrender our free time and say, God, you lead me in this. And when we surrender ourselves to him, and when we give him all the pieces of our life, it is then that God is able to assemble them and put them together in the way that he is designed rather than what we may think is best. It is in these times, it is in these moments that we have to realize that we cannot be control freaks. Hello, my name is Adam and I have control issues. All of us, in one way or another, we, we find these moments where we are trying to control aspects of our life. And God is just simply saying, trust me and give me every piece that you have in your life. Oh, you see... When we give him everything, then all of a sudden we don't have to be so concerned with keeping up with everything. First Peter chapter 1, uh, I'm going to begin in verse 5. And Peter here, God is talking to us about this living, the living hope that we have in Christ. And the living hope that we have uh, through the resurrection of Christ. And he says this in verse 5, he's talking, he says, who are kept, who are kept by the power of God through faith. For salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Oh, you see, and so then in this you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while, if need be, you have grieved by, been grieved by various trials. That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that perishes. Though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, 
honor and glory in the revelation of Jesus Christ. Go back to verse 5 with me for just a moment. But those who are kept, when we give God everything, when we give God our complete faith, when we give God our complete trust, when we look to Him for every bit of hope, it is there that we are able to find Him who is able to keep us through His power, through the power of the resurrection, through the power of faith. And it is there that when we realize that the best hands every aspect of our life can ever be in is always going to be God's. But in our humanity, what do we say? We say, oh, Pastor, you don't understand. Some of the pieces of my life I'm ashamed of. They look awful. Some of the pieces of my life are just out of sort. They're broken. And, and God can't do that, can't do anything. God can't use that. God can't move in, a, in any kind of way with these. I want to encourage you this morning that, see, God desires to, not when we give him all of the pieces of our life, he wants to mend those pieces and make them whole. Yes. No matter what condition we are in, no matter what, uh, no matter what maybe else going on around in our lives, God wants to take everything and mend them to make them whole. And it's there that he's able to reuse and take what we thought was broken, and he's able to create Something that is full of honor and glory and beauty. There's an old Indian proverb uh, story that, that tells of this man who uh, would have to go down a couple of times a day from his house down a long path to the well. And he would have to draw water. And uh, to do this, he had two clay pots. And these pots he would have hanging from a pole that he would have uh, lay across his shoulders and that he would be able to carry the weight of these water pots back and forth from the well up to the house. But of course, one pot was beautiful, it was without blemish, it was perfect, had no cracks. The other one, it had this major crack going right down the side of it. And this pot, the way that the parable goes, is that he was very discouraged and had very... Uh, poor view of himself because he looked at the shiny, uh, great, perfect pot that was on the other end of the pole, and, and he would say to that other pot, look at you. you, you do a great job for our master. You do such a phenomenal job, you, you start full, you get back to the house full, but I'm not worth anything, and I feel so bad because I'm not able to, I'm making our master work harder because we, when I leave, he, I start at the well full, but by the time I get back to the house, Oh, the water is leaking out of the crack within me. And all of a sudden, by the time I get back, I'm half empty. And what good have I done? And in this moment, the, the cracked pot is, is having a, a pity party. He's feeling sorry for himself. And the master, uh, the man, becomes aware of this conversation. And he looks at the, at the cracked pot. And he looks at him and says, Oh, but don't you understand? This time, when we go down the path, I want you to look at the ground beneath so as the man is walking down to the well, he's noticing that along the path down to the well, there is this beautiful row of flowers with bright colors and blooming, and, and they're just beautiful. And he gets down to the, the well, and uh, the master fills up both of the pots, and he puts them back on his shoulders, and he begins to walk back up, and it is there that he's realizing that the crackpot looks and realizes that the, the beautiful flowers are underneath him. They're underneath him. 
And the master looks at the crackpot and says, don't you see that what you see as a fault, what you see as a shortcoming, what you see as a crack and an imperfection, I see an opportunity to bring about and to create beauty. You see, I'm using you and I have been using you and that crack that is within you to water these flowers every single time I bring water back to the house. Too many times we feel like we are that cracked pot, don't we? We feel like we are full of imperfections and we don't have anything to offer to God. We feel as if, oh, that what good can it do? But God wants to look at us today and he says, oh, I want to be able to take all of the things that you view as shortcomings, the things that you view as, as, as faults and things that come up short. And I want to remind you oh, that I want to give you beauty for ashes. I want to turn graves into gardens. I want to be able to give you uh, the oil of joy in place of your mourning. And he wants to be able to come in our moment and say, this is what I want to do if you will allow me just to mend the broken pieces of our lives. You see, you remember Saul, don't you? Saul later became Paul in the New Testament. Saul was known for going and he was killing, murdering, attacking, and persecuting Christians. Until he has an encounter with God one day on the road to Damascus. You see, when the rest of the believers at that time, they looked at Saul, all they saw was a murderer. They saw someone to be afraid of. They saw someone that couldn't do anything for God. But what God saw was a man who could go on and bring the gospel to the Gentiles to write two-thirds of the New Testament and to plant many, many churches across Europe. You see, we come to this point and we realize that what we see is not what God sees. When Ezekiel is looking out here at this valley of dry bones, all he sees is death. All he sees is dry. All he sees is just these this mess that needs to be cleaned up. But when God looks at that valley of dry bones, he sees, oh, this army that he is just waiting and ready to raise up and ready to make whole and ready to mend and, and make it all new again. And so we come this morning and we have to be able to say, have we fully surrendered and given everything within our hearts to him? And when we've given everything in our lives to him, have we allowed him to mend and make whole the pieces that are broken? Maybe you say, Pastor, at least I'd rather have a broken piece than missing pieces. There's holes within my life, within my heart, because of loss, because of choices, because of my past. I want to challenge us this morning that not only does God mend the broken pieces, but he restores the missing pieces. Can you imagine if Ezekiel had tried to take all of these bones in this valley, pull them together, and connect them? If you know anything about bones, they are not like a Lego set. They do not click together like that. The way that bones are joined together is through tendons, ligaments, and muscle, ultimately to be covered by skin. But in this scene, when Ezekiel looks at this valley, 
He doesn't see any tendons and ligaments or anything like that. All he sees is the dry bones. But what God understands is that there is something yet that he is yet to do, and that is to fill in the gaps, to fill in the missing parts of, these, of this army. And is that as Ezekiel prophesies, and as these bones begin to rattle, and as they begin to come together, oh, then all of a sudden God in that moment is, is piecing together these bones with the, with the tendons and the ligaments, the sinews, the flesh, the muscles. He's connecting what is missing, and he's bringing it to pass, and he's bringing them to be able to have life once again. And so there need to be these times where we recognize, oh, that God, I can't do this. There's things that are missing. There's things that I just can't do. And God, I need you to have a creation moment. I need you to fill in the gaps. I need you, oh, to fill in the missing pieces because I can't do it all by myself. And when we come to ourselves, come to him humbly and surrender everything and allow him to do that, he's able to restore those missing pieces. This is the box that the puzzle came in. And if you're like me, when you try to put puzzles together, the picture is like gold. Because you use the picture to know what it is that you're trying to get the puzzle to look like. It gives you a goal. It gives you a direction. It gives you a place to be able to say, God, this is the way that we're going. Sometimes I think we lose sight of the fact that although we don't have a picture... While we get confused and we get disillusioned and we try to figure out what this is going to look like at the end, that we have to remember that God sees the big picture. He sees what is yet to be. He sees what is going to happen if we will just trust him. Oh, but pastor, I don't just have missing, I don't have just missing pieces. I don't have just broken pieces. I've got dead areas of my life, dead pieces. I want us to look at Ezekiel 37, beginning in verse 11, continuing on right after where our text ended, verse 11. And this is what the conversation continues between Ezekiel and God. And God says to Ezekiel, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say, our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, Behold, ho my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord, when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your graves. For I will put my spirit in you, and you shall live. And I will place you in your own land, and then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. 
We have been, we reopened our services in person at the end of May. And so June, July, August, uh, we're now coming to the end of our fourth month being back in person. And while it has been great to be able to be back in person, and it is great for us to have been able to encounter God in, in our services at various times and in various ways. I am afraid that when we, have, we sit here in September the 20th, 2020, that if we are not careful, that we are on a path or that we are falling into poor habits of allowing death and discouragement and destruction around us to have, inf uh, to have uh, influenced us to such a degree that we are like this valley of dry bones who are just walking in without breath. But what did God say to Ezekiel? Prophesy that the breath will come in. And so ultimately what we see here, what, what Ezekiel is looking at is this, not just a valley of dry bones any longer, but in this moment he's seeing this army that has no breath. And they become, they are essentially, we'll use a modern term of zombies. They are these spiritual zombies. And that what we in this world in 2020, we have allowed the circumstances of what is going on in the world around us to distract us and to discourage us away from focusing on the relationship that God wants us to be able to have. And I know that we are focused on and we are, uh, we look to not just the news, but we are uh, concerned about the direction and about the jurisdiction. We're concerned about elections and, and we need to be involved in those processes. But I'm here to tell you on this morning, oh, that there will never be any election. There will never be any government. There will never be any rule. There will never be any Supreme Court justice that will ever supersede the authority and the power of who God is. And we as believers need to be able to say, all that is fine and dandy and I'm going to do my civic duty. Oh, but it's never going to replace my faith, my trust, and my hope in what God's word really is. And if we will spend as much time focusing in God's word as we do on focusing on debating and discussions in the current events of this world, oh, then all of a sudden we won't have the issues out there. Why? Because the God will begin a transformation. He will begin a turnaround. Oh, because he's going to begin it not outside these walls, but he's going to begin it in here. My heart is heavy because I look at a world, and it's not just me, it's not just here. I'm talking to other pastors, and we all are burdened because the enemy doesn't have to get us to go out and murder and do drugs, and he doesn't have to get us to go down that kind of a path. All he's got to do is get us distracted or apathetic enough yeah. that we aren't focused on our relationship with him. Because what we understand is that if God is the master puzzle builder and creator, then we get to come this morning and say, I don't understand, I don't know, and, and there's a lot of different thinking and things and theories and all of that kind of stuff, but all we've got to be able to do is say, God... Here's my puzzle piece of my life. God, I'm giving it to you. 
And as I'm giving it to you, God, I'm trusting you that you're going to connect me with the people that are around me. You're going to connect me. Oh, that while I may not be able to have all the answers or make such a difference all by myself, oh, but all of a sudden my puzzle piece can be connected to Tina's puzzle piece and, and Tina's puzzle piece and our puzzle piece can be connected to Josh and Shelley's puzzle pieces and, and all of a sudden we become connected to, to, to Pastor Zach and we become connected to, uh, to Chad and Amber and we become connected to Randy and Venus and, and before you know it, all of a sudden everybody's connected one to another and while we may not be able to do anything by ourselves, we realize that we become stronger together because the dry bones in the valley aren't any good separating. They're not any good by themselves. Oh, but when God prophesies over them and brings them together, they are not just stronger together, but they're able to stand. They're able to be a mighty army. They're able to go and to do great things. And that is what God is calling the church to be on this day in 2020. So we come, and as the musicians come this morning, I think that part of the problem is that we look at our, we're looking at our faith all wrong. That maybe instead of seeing our faith for what it is, we try to think that our faith, our spirituality, is already complete. And that all we're doing by coming to church is checking that box and saying, God, my, my, faith, my picture of faith is already complete. So I'm just kind of doing what I'm supposed to do. And that's an incorrect picture, folks. Because the reality is, is that every single one of us have an incomplete picture of our faith. And as long as we are on this side of eternity, guess what? That picture will remain under construction. God will continually be adding pieces to our life. He'll be continuing to lead, to guide, and to direct. And rather than us getting distraught over the what ifs, let us just come to the point where we're able to say, God, here's my life. You see all the puzzle pieces that you want to add to it. And I'm just going to enjoy the process. I'm not going to get so focused on what the end picture is going to look like other than just to know that God you're the one putting my puzzle together because when we do that all of a sudden our incomplete puzzle begins to look a lot more complete when we come to church connect with one another as believers partner together in ministry and in faith and in praying for one another and it is there that all of a sudden we become stronger together. Yes. Stronger together. One bone in that valley isn't going to cut it. But all the bones come together under God. With God connecting them and covering them becomes a great and exceedingly great army to be used by God.
those that are going to be baptized this morning, if you will, go ahead and step out and begin to prepare yourself. And while they step out, I want, if you would, just bow your heads in prayer. And let me begin just to ask you some questions. Would you say, Pastor... I've got things within my life that I am hiding, harboring, not surrendering to God. And that, Lord, right now, would you say, Pastor, I am ready and I'm willing to surrender everything to Him. I'm not holding anything back. If that's you this morning, would you just lift your hand? ready to surrender everything to the Lord. Would you say, Pastor, I have pieces in my life that are just broken. And I need God to bring healing, to bring wholeness. If that's you this morning, you need God just to mend the broken pieces. Would you just lift your hands this morning? Thank you. Thank you for all those hands. And lastly, would you say, Pastor, I've got some holes, some gaps, and I need God to fill. Fill the hole. Fill those places. Thank you this morning. Would you just lift your hand? Thank you. Thank you. If you would all stand with me. Whether you raised your hand or you didn't, then you should have. As always, these altars are open, and I invite you to come and to pray. Find a, a place. But whether it's here at the altar, whether it's there at your seat, let us just trust the Lord right now. God, I thank you and I praise you. Oh, that Lord, that God, that we are able to, to come and give you everything. God, that as we come to give you everything, as we surrender it all, that God, that you see those pieces that are broken, those pieces that need to be mended. And so, God, I, Lord, you see and you know everything that's going on in each and every person. You see what's taking place in their lives. And God, I pray that right now that you will just touch them. I pray that you will just make them whole, that your healing power will be upon them. God, we join Ezekiel. God, and we prophesy, God, over these broken places, these dry places. And God, let your spirit be, oh, come upon them and fill them, Lord, every single way. God, I pray that as you do, oh, Lord, you see those that are, have holes, that have gaps, that have these places of emptiness. And that, God, I pray that the spirit of God will right now breathe into these places. And that, God, that you will the vacuum, that you will fill those holes, and that Lord, that you, and that you alone will be that one oh, that completes, that fulfills, that creates something out of nothing, and that God, right now, I just pray together, we join together as a church, that God, I pray that you will continue to 
bring us together. Help us to be stronger together, to raise up a great and exceedingly great army. Oh, Lord, an army ready to go forward and to be able to be used by you to impact our community, to impact, God, the world around us. That, God, oh, that, Lord, that we are so filled with you and so consumed by your spirit that, God, everything else just pales in comparison. So, Lord, right now, God, we just come before you and that we just declare, Lord, use us. Use me. Use each and every person here, God. Let us be that army. Don't let us be so dry that we are distant and away from you. But God, as we draw close to you, breathe upon us, God. Breathe upon us, Lord. We love you, Lord. And we praise you. In Jesus, Jesus' name, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Would you just lift your hands? And just begin to praise Him and begin to worship Him this morning for His goodness and for His grace. As Pastor said, Sam, we're going to celebrate this morning here at Livonia Church of God. We don't just do baptism quiet. We're excited that people are making a public profession of their faith. So we sing with uh, joy and praise and glory and honor because he's our living hope. Amen? Amen. It's a glorious day when the Lord brings us out of the grave. I can't think of anywhere else I would want to uh, be uh, than in the house of the Lord. The Word of God says for us not to forsake the assembling of the saints. The Word of God says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And what a better way for us to celebrate than on this day of baptism. Now listen, we're going to be, if you want to stand, that's awesome. If you don't want to stand, you sit down. But we're going to celebrate with the folks today. Either way, listen, the position of our body does not change the position of our hearts. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, let's all sing together.
Chains break at the weight of your glory. 